are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Interesting happenings last night in the world of sports. We will get to that along with some info, some stats, some opinions, and some tips in the world of sports for episode number two. And we will get to that momentarily. Let's start with the tragedy that happened during last night's Monday night football game. As I'm recording this, it is around midnight central time. And the last we've heard is that DeMar Hamlin, the safety for the Buffalo Bills, is in the hospital in critical condition. I'm sure you all know the story by now of what happened last night on a tackle. He got up and then he fell down again. He was administered AED and CPR on the field. And just a scary scene all around. There really isn't much to add. But by the time this goes up by 9 a.m. Eastern time, there may be more that we've learned in the last nine hours from the time I'm recording this. So just know that when you're listening to this, it's from about nine hours before it posts. So we could have an overnight situation where we get news, good news, bad news, no news. We just don't know. But. The whole thing was scary to watch, and if you watched the broadcast on ESPN, it was really chilling to hear the broadcasters when they basically had to fill time because they were not ready to do this. They thought a game was going to be airing for three or three and a half hours on ESPN last night. But the bottom line is, this has never happened before. We've had plenty of people get injured during a football game, and the game is stopped, And usually, you know, the serious injuries have been usually when it comes to some sort of neck injury, head or neck injury, concussion, and, you know, sometimes they're wheeled off the field, broken bone, broken leg, broken arm, wheeled off the field. You know, they're alive, they're alert, they're waving to the crowd, they're giving a thumbs up. Even on um, neck injuries, we've seen them, you know, boarded, you know, boarded up, loaded onto a cart, wheeled off, and usually they'll give a thumbs up sign so we know that they have some use of their uh, extremities. Last night is something we've never seen in the history of football. I know we haven't seen it in any of the major three sports where somebody had gotten to the point where they needed CPR administered to them for 10 minutes on the field of play right after an injury. Like, that's just never happened before. I know it's never happened in baseball. We had an umpire have a heart attack on opening day one time. I remember that back in old Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. They they stopped the game because of that, and I think the game was canceled. But just uh, just a tragedy all around. You saw the emotion in the players, even the announcers, everybody back at the studio at ESPN. Lisa Salters reporting on the sidelines. Scott Van Pelt had a hard time keeping it together on the postgame show. Or it wasn't even a postgame show. It was just his show follows Monday Night Football, and they just went to it early. Here's I, – I have no news. I mean, I know about as much as you do. But I what I can do is this. You saw me tweet it out last night and put it on my Instagram story. It'll be up there, obviously. And – this is something as, you know, people are just like, well, what can we do for this for this guy? You know, only probably diehard Buffalo Bills fans and diehard NFL fans even know who DeMar Hamlin was before last night. But in 2020, he had started a GoFundMe page to purchase toys for children in his community back in Pennsylvania. 
And you can see on the GoFundMe link, the initial goal was to raise $2,500. Well, since last night, since a lot of people are retweeting it, I've retweeted it, numerous others have retweeted it. At the time, right now, at 12.06 a.m. Central Time, as I refresh my screen here, it's it's raised $2.5 million. And he was looking for 2500 So clearly a lot of people are doing what they can. This is probably the good part of social media. I talk about all the time about how social media is the best and worst thing ever invented. Twitter is the best and worst thing ever invented. This is one of the good times. Because how would I have ever known anything about DeMar Hamlin or his Chasing M's Foundation community toy drive that he started back in 2020, if not for social media? So donate if you can. Anything. Um yeah, they're way over their goal of $2,500, considering right now at 12.07, they're at $2.5 million. But hey, I think this is how people feel, and um, it's just a sad story all around. There really is no other way around it, and I hope by the time we're listening to this, we get some good news. You're listening to this uh, by 9 a.m. Eastern time. We've gotten maybe some news overnight. I, I-, I doubt it. I doubt we're going to have any new updates Um, His marketing rep and friend had tweeted out about an like an hour after the injury. He had said update on DeMar. This was at 931 Central Time last night. Update on DeMar. His vitals are back to normal, and they have put him to sleep to put a breathing tube down his throat. They are currently running tests. We will provide updates as we have them. That's from Jordan Rooney, who's his friend and marketing representative. So I don't, as of this Recording, Jordan hasn't updated since that. So a, a, a just a, a tragic thing all around just because, like I said, this is something we've never seen. We've never seen a game literally stopped and postponed in the middle because of an injury because most times an injury stops a game, but then it resumes because we see a player either carted off the field, walk off the field under their, under their own recognizance, they're alert. You know, DeMar Hamlin was literally being resuscitated on a field within five minutes of the tackle that he made. So it's just unheard of. I, the only thing I can think of was Hank Gathers, where I went to, high, where I went to college, Loyola Marymount University. Now, Hank happened two or three years before I got there, but where a player collapsed and was given CPR on the field of play, in that case, the court, where he played a game. I can't really remember many other times where it's happened. And it's happened in wrestling a couple times that I think can think of, just sports entertainment. Um, A broadcaster had a heart attack during Monday Night Raw, and a wrestler fell from the rafters during an entrance. He was administered CPR on the spot. Uh, Reggie Lewis for the Boston Celtics collapsed on the court one time in a playoff game, but he just got up and was a little bit woozy and was taken to a hospital. He he got up under his own. Uh, he was dizzy. He never played again and ended up dying that summer in, during a practice, but that game was not stopped and not, not postponed, nothing. So it's just something we've never seen. I don't want to get into the scheduling aspects of this just yet um it's too soon because they're not going to cancel the nfl season so we know we know at some point the nfl season is going to resume 
I just know that looking at this, it's going to be a scheduling mess. There's no doubt about it. But DeMar Hamlin's life is much more important um, than what the NFL has to do with scheduling-wise. But it's something we are going to talk about because they're not canceling the season. The season is going to continue. How this game continues, when it's played, how that affects this Sunday's game, because both of these teams have a game on Sunday, that probably gets pushed back as well. But then you get to the playoffs. Can you push the playoffs back? I don't know and the answers to any of these questions. So um, prayers out for DeMar Hamlin. That's all you can do at this point. But also, if you can, donate. I have the um, link on my Twitter to his GoFundMe which is uh, toys for underage kids in his hometown of uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, in um, He's from Pennsylvania. He went to the University of Pittsburgh. He got drafted last year. And, yeah, the, um, the GoFundMe just says uh, he's created the Chasing M's Foundation as a vehicle that allowed me to deliver the impact in the first program for the 2020 Community Toy Drive. It just gives people an opportunity to contribute um, 100% of the funds raised will go toward the purchase of toys for kids in need. And, uh, you know, just in in the three minutes since I last announced what that pot is up to, now it's up to $2.6 million. It's literally raised $100,000 in three minutes. It's going up astronomically, which is a good thing. So um, there's no real easy transition from this. Prayers for DeMar Hamlin. Just hope uh, he can recover from this, and we don't even care if he's back playing football. We just want him to be alive, and that's what we hope for, and um, and, and we move on. Now, yesterday I had said today I wanted to talk about the things that happened over this weekend in the NFL and the playoff picture, which got a little bit clearer over the weekend. Clearly, this game was huge. Buffalo-Cincinnati was going to determine a lot of things. If Cincinnati won, then Buffalo was going to drop out of the number one seed. And if Kansas City beats the Broncos this weekend, Kansas City is the one seed yet again. And Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to play a road playoff game. But we don't know what is happening in the AFC because this game hasn't been played yet. And we don't know when it's going to resume or what's even going to happen with it or what's going to happen with the rest of Buffalo's season. We just don't know. So let's just, the only thing we can talk about in the AFC is everything around these two teams. So Saturday night, Tennessee plays Jacksonville. The winner of that game is the four seed and gets the playoff spot for winning the AFC South. There is still a possibility, as crazy as it may be, that the Jaguars can make the playoffs even if they don't beat Tennessee on Saturday night. If the Jaguars win, they are in, Tennessee is out. Jaguars are the four seed and probably playing the Chargers. If the Titans win, the Jaguars can still get in, but the Bills would have to be the Patriots, which is a Sunday game, which we don't even know if that's even going to be played now. The Jets would have to beat the Dolphins, which is certainly a possibility because the Dolphins are either playing Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson, and the Steelers would have to lose to Cleveland, which is possible. So that's what's happening with the Jacksonville, Tennessee getting him. Jacksonville wins the game. You, when you want to take care of business, they win, they're in. And Tennessee is out. But if Tennessee wins, Jacksonville has a very outside chance of still getting the seventh seed. Otherwise, you're just looking at um, the final spot being between New England, Miami, and Pittsburgh. One of those teams will get the uh, final spot in the, in the playoffs. And basically, if... New England beats Buffalo, which we don't even know if it's being played on Sunday now. They would be in. 
If Miami beats the Jets, they're in. If New England and Miami both lose and Pittsburgh wins, they're in. So, yeah, it's a little it's a little crazy. And in the NFC, essentially everything is, for the most part, your teams are now locked in in the NFC outside of the seventh seed. It's just a matter of seeding because the Dallas Cowboys right now could still be the one seed. They could still be the two seed. They could still be the three seed. Or most likely, they're going to be the five seed because Philadelphia has to win against the Giants on Sunday. If they win, they lock up the number one seed. It's probably going to happen because the Giants are the six seed and they don't have to play. They can't move up to the five and they can't drop to the seven. So the Giants have no incentive to win on Sunday. They're in the playoffs as the six seed. They will go on the road and play the number three seed, who right now is the Vikings, a team they literally played two weeks ago and played them right to the final buzzer and lost on a last second field goal. So the Giants have no incentive to beat the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. They have no incentive to even play any of their starters because they can't improve their playoff standing. They might start Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley playing for a couple series, but they're not playing the whole game. There's a reason the Eagles are two touchdown favorites to beat the Giants, because the Eagles have to win, and the Giants literally don't have to play anybody. So Philly's probably going to get the number one seed, which means Dallas is going to be relegated to the five seed, and they will travel to Tampa Bay for round one. If San Francisco wins their game, they are the two seed, and they will host the seven seed, which is going to be either Green Bay, Detroit, or Seattle. Very simple. Green Bay plays Detroit on Sunday night football. The Packers win. They're the seventh seed. They will travel to the two seed, most likely going to be the San Francisco 49ers. If Detroit beats Green Bay on Sunday night, they will already have unknown going into the game what happened with Seattle because Seattle plays in the afternoon. If Seattle wins at home, they can get in if Detroit beats Green Bay. Detroit's only way into the playoffs is if the Rams win at Seattle earlier in the day and then they beat Green Bay Sunday night. So it's like a it's like a three-team round robin. Green Bay wins their home game on Sunday night football. They are in. Detroit and Seattle out. Green Bay loses. Seattle could get in if Detroit beats Green Bay. And Detroit gets in if they beat Green Bay and Seattle loses. So you got that? We'll be tested on it tomorrow. No, I just there's there's so much going on in the NFL and we're getting down to this last week, but as I said, this is now going to become a mess scheduling wise. Because we just don't know. We just don't know when this Bills Bengals game is going to resume and unfortunately, we have 2 weeks left in the season. playoffs start in less than 2 weeks and there's no bye weeks left. Everybody's already used up their bye. So this isn't something that's going to be very easy. There's certainly going to be games played midweek now. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I highly doubt, like I said, I'm only recording this at 12 in the morning right now, but I highly doubt we're going to get word by the time we're listening to this in the morning that, oh, yeah, the Bengals and the Bills are going to resume playing tonight. I don't see that happen. Tomorrow would be the earliest and I don't see that happening either. I'd be really surprised if they're playing tomorrow. I just They've even said that some of the Bills players have gone back to Buffalo. Some flew back to Buffalo already, and some stayed in Cincinnati because they wanted to be with their teammate bedside and wanted to stay near the hospital. So I, I don't even know if this game gets played ever. 
And then do, do the Bills just have a 16-game season? And you go off win percentage? The Bengals have a 16-game season? Do the Bills play any game the rest of the season? Do they even play on Sunday? Because if they're canceling this game, well, they have a game in five days. They have a game Sunday against New England. Do they even play that? And then if you don't play that, you're certainly not making up two games because the playoffs start the following week. So, like I said, this is going to be a scheduling mess, and it's I don't I don't want to sound certainly insensitive because the most important thing here is Demar Hamlin, but we know the NFL is not canceling their season, so there's going to be talk about okay, so how do we handle this? And we, and look, nothing's going to get announced until we find out the status of Demar Hamlin, you know, and that's why it's just all speculation at this point. But what we do know is Bills players. Some of them flew home last night to Buffalo. So certainly not they're not flying back to Cincinnati today and then playing in a game tonight. I don't see that happening. So I think you can rule out tonight, no matter what the status we get update from DeMar Hamlin is, that there's going to be a game tonight, and I highly doubt there's going to be one tomorrow, which then puts us on Thursday. I, your guess is as good as mine, but it's going to be pretty – it's going to be a, a – def, it's definitely going to be something we've never seen before, put it that way. Whatever happens the rest of this season with scheduling and how they determine who gets the seeding, it's just going to be something we haven't heard because something tells me the Bills aren't going to finish one, if not both, of their final two remaining games. So we'll see. But with the playoffs starting, I was going over this, and this is an amazing stat, an amazing stat. I can't believe this is even a thing. But going into the NFC, just take the NFC for example. You know, like I said, the Eagles beat the Giants. They're the number one seed. Do you know how many times since the year 2000, so 22 seasons, since the year 2000, do you know how many times the number one seed in the NFC won the Super Bowl? Just won it. The answer is two. Two times the best team in the NFC has won the Super Bowl since 2000. The 2009 Saints and the 2013 Seahawks. In the AFC, only five times has the AFC number one seed won the Super Bowl since the year 2000, and four of those were the Patriots. The only other one was the 2015 Broncos. So I was going to bring this up as we got closer to playoffs, but it's kind of a heads up. You get to the playoffs, and I know some people have their favorites, and I know some people have, oh, we're riding this high and we're playing well or we're not playing well. The bottom line is when you get to the playoffs, you can basically throw everything that happened in the regular season out. It does not matter. It does not matter how you played ending the season. It doesn't matter how you played at the beginning of the season. It doesn't matter what seeding you are because clearly the number one seed doesn't guarantee you anything. Twice in 22 seasons has the number one seed in the NFC even won the Super Bowl in the last 22 years. That is crazy. So it's almost like the kiss of death. Maybe Philly doesn't even want the number one seed. But put it this way. If Philly gets the number one seed, great. But it doesn't mean much. Uh, and they're facing some injuries. If you're an Eagle fan, you got to be a little bit worried. Your team has not looked great for two weeks. Yes, you've had a backup quarterback. But how healthy is Jalen Hurts going to be when he comes back? Lane Johnson is your best offensive lineman. He's hurt. He might not even make it back for the playoffs. A lot of things going on there. The Minnesota Vikings are the biggest fraud in the history of the NFL. 
And you could say, like, wow, that seems to be a little bit extreme, Steve. No, really, it isn't. Um, Do you know that the Minnesota Vikings, going into Sunday, this past Sunday against the Packers, they were 12-3. and They had a plus-five point differential. 56 teams since the year 2000 were 12-3 and during their season. Do you know where Minnesota's plus five point differential ranked out of 56 teams that were had a 12 and three record 56th. And then they went out and lost by 24 points. So now the Minnesota Vikings are 12 and four this year and have a minus 19 point differential. <clears throat> that is such an statistical anomaly and so ridiculous that it can mean one of two things. They're either going to get blown out or they're going to win every close game in the playoffs. Because 12-4, and four, they've won 11 one-score games. The first game of the year, they beat the Packers by, I believe, 16. And then they won 11 one-score games. And then the four losses were all by double digits, and three of them were complete blowouts by 20 points or more. So, I mean, it's just we've never heard – we've never seen anything like this in the NFL ever. Nobody, no team has ever put up numbers like that. 12-4, and four, and you've been outscored overall on the season. And it's not even close. So I don't know what to make of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm sure Viking fans, you you love all the close wins, but if you got to the playoffs, which you are going to be in the playoffs, and most likely going to host the Giants, if the Giants beat you, are you really going to be that surprised? Number one, you've pulled 11 games out of your ass, and that's just, a again, a statistical anomaly. That stuff evens out eventually. And number two, the Giants just took you to the last play of the game two weeks ago, and you beat them on a, what did Caleb Joseph hit, like a 60-yarder, something like that, as time went off? So you can't be surprised if you lost. The team just played you pretty much even for, for four quarters. So, um, yeah, if you're a Viking fan, I, I you're happy that your team is 12-4. and four, You're happy you're going to the playoffs, but I, you can't have much confidence. You really can't. And it just You're playing with <laughs> – you're playing with a four-leaf clover this year because it's never happened in the history of the NFL what you're doing this year. <laughs> 12 and 4 and you have a minus 19 point differential. I that's 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 absolutely crazy. But hey, the whole point is just to get to the playoffs and then like I said, throw everything out the window. Flip a coin because none of us know what's going to happen come playoff time. Certainly the number one seeds are no guarantee to win it all. If they were, then we would just cancel all the playoffs and just be like, oh, you made the number one seed, just put you in the Super Bowl. No, doesn't work that way. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, like I said, I wanted to spend a good amount of time uh, this morning talking about DeMar Hamlin and what happened last night. And like I said, go to my link on my Twitter or on my Instagram story if you'd like to donate to his GoFundMe page. And uh, let's see where we're at 10 minutes later. Last time I updated you, we were at 2.6 million. Now we're at 2.863 million. Uh, this is great. It's so great to see everyone chipping in. But anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Tomorrow, going to talk a little bit more college football, have some more NFL stuff for you, maybe get into a little bit of NBA. I don't know yet, but just getting started here. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, tell your husbands, tell your 
male friends, tell your female friends that are sports fans, tell your boyfriends, whoever, um, to listen to this podcast. Like I said, it's on a new feed. It's brand new. And um, just want as many people as I can listening to this and, and see if we can build this up. Really appreciate, appreciate you all listening. Thank you so much. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you. Oh, wow.